we're preparing for the coming of the Lord. We are anxiously looking for the Lord. That is the purpose of Advent and really the purpose of our lives. But where should we find him? If we look to the scriptures today, both Isaiah in our first reading and St. Mark the Evangelist quoting Isaiah says, a voice of one crying out in the desert. The desert. Is that really where we're supposed to go to look for God? That seems strange. After all, God is often found in the Old Testament on, on mountains, in flashes of fire and smoke and columns of cloud and wind and hail and all these flashy signs that are obvious and pointed and focused. And yet today we're told there's a voice of one crying in the wilderness. And then lest we miss the clear connection, as soon as Mark quotes Isaiah, the next words out of his mouth are, John the Baptist appeared in the desert. In other words, Mark is telling us clearly that this strange prophecy of Isaiah, that somehow God comes when there's a, a voice in the wilderness, John the Baptist, he is the one who fulfills this prophecy. So right away we see that it's something strange going on. God is not appearing in the normal places. He's appearing with this weird guy out in the, the desert. It's not what's expected. It's strange. I'd like to focus a little bit on that, that word today, especially as it applies to John the Baptist. Strange. The word, actually, it comes from the, the Latin extraneous or extra. It literally means outside. Outside the norm. Outside what we're comfortable with. In the case of John the Baptist, outside the city, far outside the city. For those that are not familiar with the geography of the Holy Land, Jerusalem is the center of everything. It's up on a mountain. It's where everybody goes. It's the, the New York City of the biblical world. Everyone goes to Jerusalem. So you would think that if John the Baptist was sent to prepare the way of the Lord, that's where you'd go. You'd go to Jerusalem because that's where all the religious people are going. You could talk to thousands of people at once if you went and just picked any corner in Jerusalem. But something strange, something outside the norm is going on because John the Baptist is not in Jerusalem. Rather, he goes across a, a, a desert, really. It's not a pretty place. I mean, there's nothing there. And he goes quite a ways. The Jordan River is not like next to Jerusalem. It's at least a couple days' journey across the Judean wilderness to get to what is, you know, not some nice big river like, you know, like the Missouri River or something. It's, it's a little puddle of a stream normally. If it rains, there's water in it. If there's not, eh, kind of gets small. And yet, this is where John the Baptist is at. This is where God is supposed to be appearing and we should prepare the way there. That's strange. Okay, well, what about this John the Baptist figure? If, if we want to know, well, we want to be prophets. We're prophets from our baptism. We've been baptized. We're prophets. How do we do it? Well, we should, we should look to the one that Jesus says is the greatest of prophets. Okay, so let's, let's look at John the Baptist and say, I want to be a great prophet. How do I do it? Well, 
First of all, you got to leave the obvious place. Go out in the middle of nowhere. All right, that's strange. And what do we find when we get out there? Well, John the Baptist is attracting people by telling them, you're a bunch of sinners. You need to repent. Unless we think that he, you know, is sugarcoating it. When people show up out there, the Jewish leaders who don't really want to repent, he's like, you brood of vipers, who warned you? It's like, okay, so they made the journey all the way out from Jerusalem, and as if that's not off-putting enough, they finally get out there, and he's like, you, get out of here. <laughs> Go back. So the, the good news of preparation that John is preaching is, on the surface, it doesn't seem very attractive. You know, they get all the way out there, and he's like, yeah, you're a bunch of miserable sinners. Okay, so maybe the message isn't attractive. But maybe, maybe John the Baptist himself is really attractive. Maybe he's just super charismatic and good-looking, and the way he presents their miserable sinfulness, that's attractive. Well, we read the description of John the Baptist that uh, he's clothed in camel's hair. Um, that's not very elegant. Camels are pretty dirty and not very happy animals out in the desert. He literally ripped the skin off of a camel. Unless we think, oh, a leather belt, that's fancy. No, he like cut up pieces of a camel and wrapped it around his waist because that's all he had. All right, so he's not dressed very nice, but maybe he's got super cool manners. Uh, no, it says he's feeding on locusts and wild honey. All right, the locusts, we might think that's weird, but at least wild honey. I mean, that's kind of nice, right? No, this isn't like honey like bees make. This is like sucking the sap out of a dandelion or a plant or something, breaking open a cactus and sucking on it. That kind of wild honey. So that's strange. In fact, really everything about this John the Baptist guy is pretty strange. There's nothing there that would seem to be the normal way you would present things if you want to be attractive to the world. But yet, look what happens. Despite all this strangeness, it says that people of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem are going out to him. What on earth? That's just weird. What is it that would make them go out there? It's not apparently a happy message of an easy life. It's not an attractive preacher with nice food or a nice place to live. None of that. Rather, there is something even stranger in the fact that people are attracted to his message. In fact, it's precisely, I think, because John the Baptist is strange that people ask themselves, what is it? What is it about this guy? Well, John the Baptist is doing what God told him to do. That's why he's powerful. That's why people are going out, because the same God that told John the Baptist, yeah, go out in the middle of the desert, also put it into our hearts to say, you know what, he's right. I, I do need to repent. In fact, I want to repent. <laughs> I want to change my life. That's a beautiful thing about hearing confessions all the time. When people finally get up the courage to come to confession, it's, it's Father, I want to be different. I want to change my life. I want the sacraments. I want the forgiveness that Jesus gives. What a beautiful thing it is as a priest to be able to give that. There's something in all of our hearts, brothers and sisters, that says, my life can be better than what it is. 
I don't want to be stuck in my sin. I want to be washed clean. So John the Baptist says, you want that? I got that. There's nothing really special about the Jordan River. There's nothing special about the the desert. Certainly nothing special about John the Baptist. It's all very strange. And yet, strangely attractive. So if we want to be strangely attractive to people, if we want to be good prophets, then we need to be comfortable, I think, as Christians, being strange. How comfortable are we when we find ourselves bumping up against the culture, bumping up against what is the norm? Remember, extra, extraneous means outside, outside the norm. And yet, whenever we seem to bump up against what's normal, don't we normally kind of shrink back? Don't we, by default, almost say, how do I, how do I fit in? You know, some people are maybe making fun of our faith and they're, they're talking about the strangeness of Christianity. Do we stand up and say, no, no, I'm a Christian. Let me explain it to you. That's the, that's the opportunity that strangeness offers. Do you ever think that God puts those people in your life who maybe are the most hostile to our faith precisely so you can be there to say, actually, let me tell you about that. You know, think of how many times we have the opportunity precisely because we're sticking out as Christians to witness. Perhaps that's even the normal way that evangelization takes place. Because, yeah, we're, we're strange. But people will actually seek that out, just like they did John the Baptist. In a world where everyone wants to conform, in the world where the greatest virtue is tolerance and everything's okay and everything's of equal weight, Someone that sticks out is strange and says, no, no, I know the truth. What you believe is not true. It's wrong. It's false. Let me tell you about the way, the truth, the life. I have found it. I'm happy to share it with you. That's strange. Are we comfortable being that? Used to be in our our Catholic faith especially, we really stuck out in the culture as weird. I mean, you Catholics, you don't eat meat on Fridays? That's weird. What, you, you Catholics, you're like praying? You're making the sign of the cross in, in public over a cheeseburger at McDonald's? What's that? That's weird. Or you, you Catholics, like you, in the early church, you know what was strange? Like these, these Christians, they're weird. They, they welcome strangers to eat with them and they share their meals, but they don't share their wives. They stay married. And they're faithful to their one wife. They don't expose their children on hillsides to die because they don't want them. These Christians are weird because the rest of the culture was doing all these things. Early church, they were comfortable with being strange. You want to kill me because I'm strange and I'm Christian? Go right ahead. Kill me. I think today we're a little too comfortable with comfortableness. Advent is a great time for us to hear the call of the voice in the wilderness. And if anything, COVID gives us that it's a blessing. It's a little easier this Advent, I think, to get out of the city, to get away from the commotion. Because, I mean, what is our Advent normally filled with? Running around, parties here and there. And I got three Christmas parties tonight. I got to go shopping and get all this stuff. And, you know, maybe COVID is a a little blessing in that it says a lot of the, the normal this Christmas Advent season just can't happen. It's 
not possible. So what will we do? Well, maybe enter into that, that silence, that strangeness, that difference. Get comfortable with strange. After all, think about how strange things are for us as Catholics on earth. I mean, we, we come to this church on, on Sunday this morning when a lot of people haven't been in a church building in months. They, they watch it on TV, and that's, that's good enough. They can listen to their pastor preaching, and, you know, they can sing the songs at home. I mean, might, might even take out a little cracker and some grape juice and pray along with the service on TV. But we Catholics say, no, no, I got to be in the building and I got to receive the Eucharist. Do you ever let people know that, yeah, you, you go to Mass every Sunday? They're like, well, that's strange. Why? Glad you asked. What's really strange is that on this altar, we believe that a man 2,000 years after Jesus has been given power by Jesus to take bread and wine and turn it into God. That's strange. And even more strange, we believe that the same God who did that commanded us then to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Wait, you Catholics do that? That's strange. Yeah, yeah, we do that. In fact, that is the center of our life. It is so important that we would even risk the COVID craze to say, I've got to be there and receive the Eucharist. What a great opportunity it is for us to be strange, to stick out. Because, yeah, it might be hard at times, but eventually people will do for us like they did with John the Baptist and say, those Catholics are weird. I want to know what's going on. Why do they do this stuff? I want to check it out. We might just end up being like it was in the days of the prophet Isaiah, as it was for John the Baptist, that this voice in the wilderness, seemingly the middle of nowhere, that is weird. People might actually be attracted to it. They might seek us out and wonder, what are these crazy Catholics about? This might be the greatest time for evangelization that ever there was, because it shows us what is really important. And for John the Baptist, it wasn't Jerusalem. It wasn't fancy clothes. It wasn't fancy food. Literally, it's like, if you want to go find God, leave Jerusalem, go out to the middle of the wilderness, you'll find a guy there sucking a head of a locust. That's the one. That's the one you got to talk to. Really? Yeah, that's the one. I hope that you have the, the courage to be that kind of a Christian. The one that people look at and say, that person is weird. Because in the back of their mind, they're also saying, wonder why they're weird. And eventually, you know what? I think I want that. I want that too, because those Christians look pretty happy. Those Catholics... They're getting through this. What do they know that I don't? It's good to be strange. Because ultimately, the real strangeness is heaven. That's so strange that we, we can't even imagine what it's like. So earth, it's a little preparation. Get used to strange. Because heaven is the strangest journey of all. And it's beyond our wildest expectations. So today, you know, be comfortable with strange. We live in a culture that can take contradictions. It's pretty hip to be square, they say. It's good to be bad. It's hot to be cool. All these weird kind of contradictions. Well, 
If we can get by with that for Christians, perhaps the, the greatest contradiction of all is that it's, it's not only not strange to be strange, in fact, for Christians, it should be the most normal thing in the world to be strange.